Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored in loving memory of Moises Asa Alava Shalom. Leilui Nishmat Moshe Ben Najla Alava Shalom, sponsored by the Asa family. Breakfast as well is sponsored by Dina Chedva Bat Haya Hena as a Seudat Hoda'a. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to share with you something that I've been writing today for the, uh, for the, for the bulletin uh, a little bit later today, and I've been, it's been kind of going back and forth with my head. And uh, after working on it last night, I'm uh, very excited to share it. So I thought maybe I'd talk a little bit about it, a little bit about it with you this morning. The pasuk tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Shamayim and he gets the luchot, we're talking now uh, <coughs> about the second time. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down. The two luchot are in his hand. Moshe lo yada ki karan or panav Moshe did not know that his face was now shining because he had spoken to God. Aharon and the people see that Moshe is spoken to God and now his face is shining with his light. Where's Sammy? And they're very afraid from approaching him, it says. And Moshe calls to them. And now they come back to him, Aaron and the Nisim, and then the Jewish people come, and Moshe tells them everything that's going on. So they're very afraid of the fact that Moshe has this blinding, shining light coming from his face. So, so those of us who have read the parashah will be familiar. From a cursory glance, we'll understand that therefore, what did Moshe do to solve the problem of the fearful light emanating from his face? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He covered his face. Everybody says that. Everybody knows that, right? Except that you're all wrong. Lama. Because if you look at the Pesukim that follow, Moshe Rabbeinu does nothing with the covering of his face. Let, let me explain. They're very afraid. Moshe Rabbeinu calls to them. Now they come. That means that the difference between them coming to Moshe and not coming to Moshe was solved by Moshe just telling them, come closer. He goes to speak to God. Does he have a cover on his face? No. He speaks to the Jewish people. Does he have a cover on his face? The pasuk says, also not. So if the cover's not on his face when he speaks to God, the cover's not on his face when he speaks to the Jewish people, what purpose did the cover serve? What, when he's not talking to them and he's not talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So how does that solve the problem of the fact that they're afraid of the light of his face? The answer, Abutai, is powerful. And it's a tremendous instruction for us in understanding the nature of leadership. You got to understand what they were afraid of. The Heskuni explains that really what they were afraid of was when they saw Moshe Rabbeinu, he didn't look like the Moshe Rabbeinu that left them and went up to the heavens. All of a sudden he comes down and what does the Pasuk say? Vehine. Every single time in Torah, you see the word Vehine. what is it coming to indicate? That things that are now there were not there before. And Yaakov wakes up, Vehine. And behold, it is Leah. Well, the night before wasn't Leah. The night before, he thought he was marrying Rachel. Vihine indicates a change of status that is unexpected. This new being comes down with this. They think Moshe Rabbeinu says that Hizkuni is a malach, an angel, some other celestial being, and they're terrified of approaching. Why are they afraid? So the simple understanding might be understood from something that we find later on with the father of Shimshon. The father of Shimshon is walking and he sees an angel. And he's terrified he comes home. He says to his wife, I saw an angel, I'm going to go, I'm going to die. 
Why do you think he was going to die at the time? If they were able to see or perceive there was an angel, it caused them. It illustrated to them that maybe this was the moment before they were dying. So here too, they were very, very afraid. They saw this angel. Maybe that's one explanation. But I have a different explanation completely. You know what the explanation is, Rabotai? You know what they were afraid of? Why did the Jews make the Egel? We discussed this a couple days ago. Why did the Jews make the Egel? They were not substituting God. What were they substituting? Moshe. Moshe. We brought the proof yesterday or two days ago. The Pasuk says, and they said, Ha'ish Moshe, the man Moshe, that led us out of Egypt, and he's not here. We don't know what happened to him. So what are they trying to replace? They're trying to replace Moshe Rabbeinu. Clearly they say it. What are they actually so desperate to replace? The answer is that the thing that the Jewish people were most afraid of was not the shining face of Moshe. They were afraid of not being led. They're in the middle of the desert. They're all alone. For 200 years, they've taken orders. They've been slaves. They've had a master or a leader tell them what to do. The Jewish people need to be led. They're terrified of not having someone. That's why they said, the one that took us out of Egypt. Make us Elohim, a power that will lead us. They use the same word twice. This concept, Rabotai, they were terrified of it. Mistakenly, then they go ahead and they make a golden calf. Now they find out Moshe Rabbeinu is actually alive. They grind up the golden calf. They're punished for the golden calf. Moshe Rabbeinu goes to get the second luchot. And what happens, Rabotai? He comes down and they think he's a malach until he calls to them. It's not that they didn't know that he was Moshe. What they were terrified of was that there is no difference between an absent leader and a leader which is unrelatable or unapproachable. Moshe Rabbeinu might be the guy that went up, but the one that came down, now he's a malach, his head is in the heavens. He's going to talk to me about my shalom bayit when the guy looks like an angel on high. He's going to be able to understand my disagreement with my friend over three dollars because, uh, you know, he messed me over in, uh, in the price of, a, you know, of the postage for the item. He's going he's gonna to come and, and, and talk to me about, you know, the fact that I uh, I'm, I'm, uh, don't have self-confidence to go out into the dating world. This is, that's what he's going to talk to me about. They felt that they lost their leader until Moshe Rabbeinu's voice was heard to them from behind the light. And it was the same voice that had encouraged them in Egypt. It's the same voice that brought them the words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Pakod Yifkod, who brought them that word freedom. It was the voice of the leader that they remembered that was sympathetic. And even more than that, Rabotai, they heard his voice. And what was the voice of Moshe Rabbeinu? How was it unique? He had a speech impediment. They realized when he spoke to them in his broken language that he had not become some sort of perfect angel from on high. He was still the same Moshe Rabbeinu. So when he called to them, they came to him. But Moshe Rabbeinu realized that there is a very delicate game that every leader in this world needs to play. The balance between approachability, between relatability, and elevation and dignity. Moshe Rabbeinu notices that this light, what is it doing? It's causing them to feel a certain reverence, a certain awe for him as their teacher, for him when he communicates to them. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu says, brings the Kitab HaKabbalah, he says, Moshe Rabbeinu realized that he had a, that there's a tool for education. 
when he's hanging out with them and not teaching them the laws, when he's sitting around at the Shabbat table, let him cover his face. The minute he's teaching them Torah, the opposite. A leader needs to remember that you never sacrifice your authenticity. You never sacrifice your ideals and your values on the altar of approachability. How many leaders want to be everybody's best friend? So therefore, if the guy comes and he says, Rabbi, come on, give me the lowdown. Can I, read, is that, can I do this on Shabbat? The rabbi that says, sure, it's fine. Faddal, do whatever you want in order to feel close to the people. That person, he's sacrificing his light in order to allow for the people to come close. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that if he exposed this light to them at 24-7, then it would lose its potency and lose its power. So therefore, what Moshe Rabbeinu does is he covers it when he's not speaking to them. It's open when he speaks to God. His face is shining when he speaks to them. And they live in that healthy balance of reverence and closeness. Parents struggle with this also tremendously. Today, I see parents all the time, they're, you know, they're talking with their kids and their kids call them by their first name. This is a disaster. It's not just a problem of kibbutz avaim. It's not just that they're not fulfilling the mitzvah of respecting their, uh, of respecting their what's it called, their, uh, their parents. They're losing the entire awe and the entire reverence and the entire pedestal, the healthy pedestal, the healthy awe. How are you going to listen to someone who you don't think knows any better than you, who you don't think is smarter than you, who you don't think has more insight to you. When the Jewish people could look at Moshe Rabbeinu and feel that he was a source of their light, then it was worthwhile for him to be able to be a leader for them to be able to guide them to higher and higher heights. Rabotai, walk the tightrope, but keep both arms out so that you don't overindulge in any one side. If you make sure that you are there, then you, it works properly. Our Chachamim explained to us that Yaakov Avinu, when he first came to the well, he sees all of the shepherds there, and he wants to tell them, you guys are sitting around during the day, you're not working. It's not right. It's Geneva. You have an employer. Even though he's not here, you need to be working honestly, diligently. But the first word he says is, Achai, my brothers. Once he establishes a conversation with them, once he establishes a connection with them, where he's close enough to not be removed, then he can have a conversation with them as to whether or not they're on the right moral path. May God bless us always to have leaders like that and to be leaders like that, to be parents like that, to occupy both spaces at the same time and through that achieve that which we can as leaders and influencers of the next generation. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.